Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in this room is Denver Dave, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Hello Dave. Hello, how you doing man? Good mate, good, good. We're a week away from free agency really kicking off and stuff is starting to happen now in terms of players moving about, so getting interesting, getting very interesting. All it feels like being a Broncos fan is just watching all the other teams move that little <laughs> bit further away. That's all it feels like. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Well, the Broncos GM said that the path to success is through the draft. All that says to me is we ain't signing anyone in free agency this year. Got so it's going to be yourself. a slow day in the yeah. office for us. Got to back uh, yourself. Um, I think we need a new punter. We might be going there. <laughs> There's no punk this week. Unfortunately, he is indisposed. So, Dave, we need to bring in someone uh, to help us out. And uh, for regulars of the show, they'll be uh, happy to hear this, that we have got back all the way from Bristol. It's Philly Sai. Evening. You all right? How are you doing, man? Good, yeah. Yeah, not bad. Not Holding bad. up all right? Pastures new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, same old. <laughs> I mean, noticeably quiet this season. And to be perfectly honest, if, if I was an Eagles fan, I would have been quiet too. Yes. Had nothing to do with moving, <laughs> pandemic, mm-hmm. life. Yeah. What is this pandemic stuff I keep hearing about? Everyone keeps you going cr- on about you created it. it. <laughs> yeah, mean a monkey, mean a monkey in a brothel in China. You're the only one that's had it. We probably, you probably all had it. Just I was yeah. the only one with symptoms. Mm, mm. Any other news, Sai, in personal life? Everything? Uh, well, got engaged. If that's what you're angling. Congratulations for. to her. <laughs> obviously. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady. She's punching. She knows it. <laughs> um, but no, no. Moved to Bristol. Got engaged. Excellent. Well, we're very happy to have you on, Sai, because obviously this week we are going to be hitting the NFC East. And as a man with skin in the game, it's good to have your uh, your insight into it. But before we get all that way, we're going to start with some news. Um, Big news for me is that Ben Roethlisberger has not signed a four-year $120 million extension that we thought he might do. But he did sign a one-year $14 million extension with almost $30 of that as a signing bonus. That's a pretty substantial pay cut from what was expected for next season and helps even more against the salary cap than fiddling the figures could have done that I suggested last week. Uh, I'm pretty happy about this. We've got my uh, future Hall of Fame. Inevitably, yeah. One more go. Yeah. I mean, I'm beginning to change my mind on the NFL. I think that if you sign a contract, you shouldn't be able to rework it. You you, you, you sit in the poo that you, you made, you know? <laughs> it is crazy. They don't mean anything, these contracts. but No, no, they don't. But I suppose it, it needs to go both parties involved so if both parties are willing to sign it the first time and they're willing to amend it the second time there's there's nothing wrong with that I mean it's no you know it's no worse than soccer over here football proper football with your feet (laughs) oh yeah I mean it it, to me it would have been much more it would have been much more interesting if Ben Roethlisberger did a Winston Bogart and just went You gave me the money. I'm sitting on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that would have been more interesting for me to be perfectly. It would have been interesting. But... We wouldn't have played him, but uh, yeah, still. Anyway, it wouldn't that's, have made any different. You still paid him forty million. But no, I think yeah. it's it's good news for you guys. I think it also dropped the day after we did our pod as well, which is slightly unfortunate. Yeah. It's rude of him. Um, really. Oh, well, I've always said he was a bit of an idiot, but you know. <laughs> but no, I think. <laughs> it is good it is good news for the Steelers and it, it opens up avenues for you as well and I think the one thing that it also confirms is that you are probably unlikely to re-sign Bud Dupree but we kind of already knew that as well, which I'm gutted about and maybe we can still pick him up he's gone on to the free agency yeah. market but maybe we can put in an offer that 
we'll bring him back again. It depends what's out there because we know that the we know that the without going too much into it, I don't want to make this Steelers centric heavy, but no. um, we know that the draft uh, that the cap space is likely to drop this year. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm assuming there's going to be a good offer out there because JJ Watts just picked up a billion pounds for, you know, being half the player that potentially Bud Dupree is. So you expect the market has been set, which makes it even less likely he's going to be returning to the Steelers. We'll see. Don't don't burst yeah. my bubble yet, Dave. All right. Um, <laughs> next news: Trent Brown is returning to New England after two years with the Raiders. Brown signed a one-year, up to eleven million dollar deal to go back to Boston. There was also a swap of late 2022 picks. Um, this helps the Raiders free up some cap space uh, that the Patriots can easily soak up with their 66 million plus cap room. Uh, he had signed a huge deal with the Raiders a couple of years ago. It was yeah. a four-year deal. So they're kind of just admitting that they can't really afford him. Um, and so he's well, it's going not back. necessarily that. I mean, he's one of the best right tackles in the game when he's yeah. fit. But the problem is he misses a huge number of games. Mm. That's the problem. Uh, when he played for the Patriots previously, they'd rotate him in and out and manage him much better than uh, probably the Raiders there. With the Raiders, you, you know, you're playing most snaps um, consistently. <laughs> yeah. um, the only benefit, of course, is previously when he would have been at the Patriots, he would have only had to hold off the rusher for about 1.4 seconds before Brady threw it six yards. Mm. Whereas now he's got a quarterback who's going to be able to want to move and you're, you're sustaining that level of protection for much, much longer, which is going to have a physical toll. It doesn't, it's not a recipe for success for me. But he's gone from having essentially more money and more years to having less money and fewer years. How much do you want to go and play in Boston? You know, is <laughs> but it works for everyone. There. So I guess it's a good. Thing. Yeah. You did get a ring. But... You did get a ring. Um, talking of tackles, Isaiah Wilson, the infamous first-round pick for the Titans last year that we mentioned last week, has been picked up by the Miami Dolphins. The teams had to switch seventh-round picks to make the trade official. That is an admission of failure by the Titans and a free shot for the Dolphins, who are maybe hoping that re-teaming with Georgia teammate Solomon Kinley will help to sort him out. But good luck. Yeah, I mean, the re- the reason, from what I read, the reason it's seven-round picks is just because they're picking up his rookie contract as well. Yeah. So they're not. it's not really a free shot because they've essentially got to pay him now four years on a rookie deal. Um, four years on a rookie deal is not that much, is it? Well, it is when he's a first-round pick. They can they'll, cut him, but cut him. also there is that fifth-year option as well. Um, mm. But for a guy, how badly do you have had to have messed up to be picked in the first round and then only 12 months later, having only played three snaps in the NFL, get traded for a seventh-round pick? You're not even traded for a seventh-round pick. They swapped seven-round seven, picks. Yeah. That's how bad you've done. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's basically the lowest currency. Someone's gone in there, emptied the pockets, and gone, well, we'll love whatever change you can spare us, really. Yeah, basically if, you what's don't know, if you don't know everything that Isaiah Wilson's done in the last tw- like 12 months, please have a look at it. Just Google it, because uh, we haven't got time to go for everything today that he's being done. Um, uh, a bit of uh, Broncos news. So Von Miller will not face any criminal charges. So no felony watch here. Uh, the Colorado District right, right. completed an investigation and could not find enough evidence to proceed. So lent on, I'm guessing. He's a Broncos fan. What can you say? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not it's not un you know unheard of for NFL players to get away with doing stuff that they shouldn't have been doing. Mm. So, you know, anyone who's sitting there going that's outrageous, just pipe down, will you? If you do it, <laughs> glass out research, I guarantee, yeah, there's someone in your team who's done as well. Yeah, so yeah, pipe down, man. Um, and then Justin Simmons has been franchise tagged for a second time. Uh, the Broncos now until the 15th of July to work out the terms with the All Pro safety. Must yeah. be happy with that, David. Well, the, 
Uh, he's one of my favourite players on the roster, yeah. I think he he covers uh, a lot of holes that we had in the secondary last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one of the reasons that AJ Boye may get a contract with another team because um, AJ Boye was an absolute liability. Um, and Justin Simmons made him look better than he was and he still looked dross. But yeah, no, he's, he's one of the best safeties in the league for me. So I'm happy that we still got him. The Chicago Bears have franchise tagged Alan Robinson, which was, everyone thought he was going to be going this off season, but they've uh, put the well, it's Isn't it like, isn't it the second year he's been franchise tagged? So it's going to be about 18 million. I believe million. so. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money for a wide receiver. Because when, when you franchise some, tag someone a second time, you have to pay them the average of the top five plus an extra compensatory amount on top. So it works out to be a huge amount. I mean, he was the one bright spark, but on offense. But there you go. Um, Off, on the team. Yeah. The Bucks have franchise tag Chris Godwin as well. So that'd be handy for Brady. Yeah. But, um, well, the big news with that isn't isn't about Godwin. The big news for that is really what's now going to happen with Levante David and Shaq Barrett mm. because they're both out of contract. And the suggestion was that with their receiving core, it would be easier to replace Chris Godwin than it would one of their pass rushers. Um, so it kind of opens up that, that storyline that they know that Levante David's sort of coming towards the end of his career and he's going to very much want his goodbye payday in uh, you know, somewhere warm. And um, I think Shaq Barrett has been on, he was an undrafted free agent in Denver and he got franchise tag last year, which was, you know, a decent pair for him. He's going to want a monster contract somewhere. I don't think he cares where he goes. Send him somewhere rubbish. I don't think he's going to care. He's just all about the money next season and go and win a ring later on in his career mm. um, or another ring later on in his career. Um, but I think them putting the franchise tag on Chris Godwin pretty much guarantees that those two are going. Feels a little bit like a Brady call, doesn't it? It, it does look to like the word, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that he wanted I mean, to there. Do you know what? That might be a that might be a cracking shout. If Tom Brady's not the quarterback there, what's the chances that they're putting the the franchise tag on a pass rusher rather than on a wide receiver? That's not a bad shout. I, had, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, that might not be a bad shout. Well, Brady wants. Mm. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't, you know, after winning a after winning a ring like he has, I think he can make whatever calls he wants. Mm. Yeah, mm, fair enough. But he might well live to regret it, though. <laughs> it will live forever, though, Sai. So it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we'll never die. Um, Pez aren't getting franchise tag though. Kenny Galladay for the Lions and Hunter Henry for the Chargers. Two big name players. Uh, the Lions are going to have some problems. At uh, well, we'll talk about them another time. Um, mm. And then Hunter Henry, obviously. He's had some injury problems, but still an elite tight end when he's uh, when he's playing. Yeah, for five snaps a season. Yeah, what five snaps though, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Can't put a price on them. Mm, indeed. <laughs> Fair enough. Hunter Henry. We'll see what happens to him. But you'll get picked up by someone. Um, that's the news so far. What we'll do is Dave will they're, be monitoring. They're... What's going on? I was going to say, there are a couple more franchise tags uh, that have been announced that we skipped over. So um, Cam Robinson's getting franchise tag by the Jags. I think that's a big signing for them because their offensive uh, offensive yeah. line last year was trash. The last thing they need to do is lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, Panthers franchising Taylor Motton. I don't know much about him. I'm going to be honest. I'm a bit ignorant when it comes to Taylor Motton. Moton. It's Moton. I don't really know much about him. <laughs> is it? I don't know much about him. I've really going, oh, okay. I mean... 
Yeah. Don't mention Man, it. I can't offer any insight there. Well, I just, <laughs> I just put it out. They're franchise tagging, so it has to be good, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> Giants are franchise tagging Leonard Williams. Um, I think that's a very, very good shout. And the other franchise tag was Marcus May at the Jets, who was probably the only bright spark on the Jets' defense last that season. That's not true. At that's all. True. Um, it pretty much is true. Who else is there? Pierre Desir piped down. <laughs> Quinn and Williams barely played last year. I'm not having mm-hmm. it. Jacoby Franklin Myers anyway, as well, we'll as well down the centre. Cool. Cool story. Yeah. <laughs> Pipe down it. Right. So let's get on to the uh, the review, <laughs> shall we? Give Simon a chance to get involved. Uh, we're going to start with the NFC West. Uh, and that means that we hit Seattle first. They went 12 and 4. They were 6th in passing, uh, 12th in rushing. They were 8th for points scored and 18th for points uh, conceded. Their best game I had was a tough going for the Seahawks, um, best game-wise. They only swept the Niners this year. Uh, so I'm picking their comeback win over the Vikings in week five. They were down 13 nothing at halftime, but the second half they reeled off four touchdowns, including a game win with 15 seconds left to DK Metcalf to win 27 points to 26. Uh, worst game where they were divisional losses, losses to the Rams and the Cards. They also got rubbed out of the playoffs by gimpy Jared Goff. But the week 15 loss to a New York Giants team with Colt McCoy on the yes. center that only needed to score 17 points to win has got to be a low point. The final score in that one was 17 to 12. I think I, I had the worst game. I agree with you. It was the Giants, which funnily enough might have been a good thing because they went on to win the following four games, two of which were against playoff teams. Mm. Um, but their best game, I had week 16 against the Rams because it was the only time they looked solid both times of the ball. I mean, the start of the season last year, the Seahawks were trash on defense. Um, and I think against the Rams is really when they started to look very good. True. Uh, and as I say, last, it's probably the last time they look solid as well, really, to be honest. <laughs> I like a comeback. What do you reckon, Side? What do you think of their, their season overall? Yeah, we're a bit of a weird one for me, really, with the Seahawks, because a lot of really good parts, especially offensively, obviously. Um, I'm not, not really convinced they ever fully clicked. Mm. Um on the offense, even, uh, you know, they had, they had moments obviously. Um, and then, you know, the drop off defensively, I would say over the last three, four years with the players they've let go has probably now started to really hurt them. Cause I think, I think they've got enough quality on offense to be a, you know, a, a team that can make a deep run in the playoffs, but. Just, as long as Wilson just... sticks around. Yeah. This has kind well, of yeah. come out of nowhere, hasn't it? This is just going to bubble yeah. up because of Deshaun Watson and, Suddenly, you've got QBs thinking, "Well, I'm the franchise QB, but actually, I can have a say in what's going on here." And this this team has been <laughs> not supporting me for quite a while. I've been sacked 400 times in my career, um, and I'm bailing you out by getting you division titles here. What are you doing for me? Yeah, yeah. I did for me. I, 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 I don't care what Russell Wilson wants. Whatever he wants, give him what he wants. He's mm. more important than Pete Carroll. Well, yeah. If he wants to be the head coach, make him the head coach. Who cares? <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with most of that, apart from necessarily the head coach part. <laughs> I think that might be a bit much for him. Next thing he'll be telling him to be his own O line as well. There's been games where he has yeah. been his own O line. Let's be honest. Very true. No, I think I, what we've seen previously uh, is success in the run game. I mean, I remember we did a pod uh, a couple, about a year or so ago. Uh, just over a year ago, and Sai, you mentioned that it was it, you had a surprise stat where 
the Seahawks had run it more times or more rushing attempts than anyone else in the NFL. And I was sat there going, really? And then you look at the stats and you're like, oh, Christ, yeah, they actually have. I mean, legit, they, they run it an awful lot. You look at the attempts this year, and although broadly the attempts have come down, the actual yard average and the success that they've had in the run game has been a dramatic fall, a, a huge fall. Yeah. Um, now, how much of that is because of the offensive line, which let's be honest, it's been, it's been a turnstile for some time. But I mean, they've got, they went and got a brand new left tackle. I mean, Russell Wilson is continuing to be, you know, the matador uh, who dodges uh, pass rushes like it's going out of fashion. But they just don't seem to have been, as, as I think I agree with you 100%. They haven't clicked. They haven't become what we're used to seeing the Seahawks where no, in no matter what game they're playing, you look at them and they go, they can win this game. It doesn't matter how far they are down. I mean, when they lost in the playoffs, I, don't, I didn't feel at any point as though they were going to come back and, you know, winning that game, they just looked like a team that was somewhat out of ideas and a bit desperate. It was kind of like, it's like watching a sprinter at the end of his career who's clocking, you know, 10 and a half seconds. You're like, you used to be better than this. Yeah. And they just don't have that extra gear to move into anymore. They've had some coordinated turnarounds. So it takes a little bit of time to get over that. Um, they've got a lot of players hitting free agency. Um, KJ Wright is the most expensive. He's 32 years old, the outside linebacker. He's going to cost at least 7 million to come back. You've got, um, Bruce Irvin and Benson Maua, their defensive ends. Um, Jacob Hollister, their tight end. He's 28 already. He needs a new contract. Um, you've got Quentin Dunbar and Shaq Griffin at corner. They're both out of contract. Uh, Mike Iapati, the guard, has finally retired after a, a long career in the NFL. Cedric uh, Ogbue, a tackle. He needs a new contract. And then you've got Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson at running back who are both out of contract as well. So a lot of people need to get re-signed or replaced. All I've heard is a load of names there that are probably going to go and be backups at other franchises. So I don't think the Seahawks are going to be losing too much sleep. I on see. I mean, these are players that have featured. For the Seahawks true. Quite I mean, the problem, the problem with the Seahawks, well, that in alone says everything. The problem with the Seahawks <laughs> is they've only got four picks in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're replacing them basically in free agency. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of players there who are going to be on. I mean, Quinton Dunbar's already gone. But the fact that you're you know, going to be releasing players like Bruce Irvin, Jacob Hollister, and Geno Smith, oh, I'm sure they can live with that. It's not the biggest deal in the world. <laughs> I had their biggest needs for this offseason, that linebacker, uh, running back, guard, and cornerback. So it seems like every year we have to talk about the Seahawks linebackers. But KJ Wright and Bruce Irvin are out of contract and want at least 30 million, 30 million combined. And they're 66 years old combined as well. So you always need to look for something new there. Jordan Brooks was who they drafted in the first round last year. Looked good when he played, but injury kept him out for the first part of the season. Um, the reason I picked guard was Damian Lewis was a good third round pick uh, from LSU last year, but they need to do the other, on the other side now as pass protection failed them late in the season. Both starting corners need new contracts and that group needs to get stronger full stop. And obviously the running backs, both running backs are out of contract. They drafted DJ Dallas last season, but he's not a first down back. He's just kind of a little squirty back that, it's more of a pass catcher. Any, <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop it? laughing at being called a squirty back. <laughs> I don't, I, squidgy squirty, you know, pinching between my thumb and forefinger. <laughs> I mean, this a roster with a lot of holes, but guess what? They've got Russell Wilson. It doesn't them. matter. None of, none of this matters. We've got to put an asterisk on it. Is. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, it's very. It doesn't matter who they sign; they're still going to be a very good team because of Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter who the Chiefs sign; the Chiefs could lose, have an, a turnaround of forty players. 
it doesn't matter still got Patrick Mahomes that's that's mm-hmm. literally what it is and that's the big problem going on in Texas at the moment with the, with Houston you know they've got massive holes but guess what they haven't got the Sean Watson anymore and that's that's why this is Watson it breaking is such, no it's such that's why it's such a big storyline the, the Seahawks cannot lose Russell Wilson there's this whole storyline going about him potentially going somewhere. He's not going anywhere. No one has the capital to, because what Seattle are going to want for him, it's not feasible. No one has that capital to be able to pull him away. It's not, it's not possible. You have to give him three picks, you know, three round, uh, entire drafts worth of picks, as well as about five players for what he's worth to that team. It's not possible. And they cannot let him go. He's, he, he is that franchise. We're going to move on. We're going to move on from the Seahawks. Good luck to them next season. It's going to be tough, especially in this division. Yeah. We're going to move on to the LA Rams, who finished tw- 10 and 6, also got through to the playoffs. Um, they were 13th for passing, uh, 10th for rushing. They were 22nd for points scored and 32nd for points conceded. So we know how good their defense is. Uh, they proved it again this season. The best game I had, um, Rams had a couple of good results this season. They swept the Cardinals, held the Patriots to only three points. But I had to go with the wild card win over the Seahawks in Seattle, starting with John Wolford and then seeing a gimpy Jared Goff get his final win for the team over a division rival has got to smell sweet. Um, yeah. Worst games, or worst games, sorry, I should say. There's still just the one. Uh, there were some rough games for the Rams. Uh, they somehow got swept by the Niners, which is weird because the Niners had half their team out. Uh, there was that shock to the Jets and then a low-scoring loss the next week to, in Seattle, but I picked their divisional playoff loss to the Packers. Green Bay showed the Rams' offense could not keep up and the final score was 32-18. Bit of a, a damp squib ending for the Rams after some good promise with the um, wildcard round. Sorry. Yeah. Those Rams. A weird one as well. Maybe it's just a weird division all around the <laughs> NFC West. But, Very but, much so. But again, uh, you know, not sure really what to, what to make of them. I mean, obviously, quarterback's a big question mark going forward. But well, they've, they've traded for Matt Stafford now, so they've given away the person they picked in the, the, with the overall first pick four years ago. Um, Matt Stafford, yeah. he's been in the league for 12 years. He's got a bit of a future, but he's obviously, you know, the wrong side of 30. Um, yeah, and in and a lot of injury issues in, in recent years as well. Mm. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're a, they're a, they're a, they're a strange one. There's a lot of talent at wide receiver, and I think they were underused at times last season. It was quite frustrating. You'd watch them, and you think actually, you know, use use your wide receiver core a little bit more than you are. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I think they underachieved really when you look at it when you look at it on paper on both sides of the ball for me a little bit. I think we kind of saw the the max we got out of Jared Goff, and. Um... He's just that, mm. that kind of quarterback that, that won't get them over the hump. I know he got them to a Super Bowl, but they scored three points in that Super Bowl. Um, he, he's not a person that can change the game. He, he needs Sean McVay to, to tell him exactly what to do. Yeah. And yeah, this season, you're right. They underutilized their wide receivers. When Goff got injured, even when he came back, they still started John Wolford, which is kind of a, a damning indictment of their... yeah their thoughts on Jared Goff. And it's a bit of a shame really, because, you know, they just give them, they gave him a contract extension. They didn't need to do the Rams have, have not played this well because when they lost in the Super Bowl, they didn't need to give Jared Goff a contract extension, but they did. And as a result, just a couple of years later, they've had to ship him and draft picks basically for, for Matt Stafford. 
the guy that's older than the person you're getting rid of. Yeah, but it's significantly better. It's so significantly better, but yeah, they've had they didn't have to give up so much to, to get him, and they've given up more because of their blundering um, handling Jared Goff from the start. Mm. Dave, I agree. I agree. I mean, the, their worst game I had also was the the loss they had to the Packers in the divisional round. Um, in that game, there was only 244 total offensive yards and 23 minutes of possession. I think the killer was the fact that they had 17 first downs. Now, to put that into perspective, do you remember that game the Jags played against the Titans where Derek Henry ran for over 200 yards? Mm-hmm. Um, in that, the Jags got 20 first downs in that game <laughs> when they got absolutely destroyed. Um, and there was only 17 first downs for the Rams. That Rams team is better than they've shown this season. That Rams team with a half-decent quarterback, forget about drafts. I mean, we know the Rams hate drafts. We know mm-hmm. that. They've only got three draft picks. And let's be honest, they're probably going to get traded because we know the Rams hate drafts. <laughs> they've gone in free it. agency. They've gone in free agency. They've been in win-now mode for, I mean, a number of years. Since they've moved to LA, they've been in win-now mode. Um, they massage the cap like no one you've ever seen before. Um, but is it a strength or is it a weakness um, with what they've done with... Uh, Jared Goff and Matt Stafford you know we've seen a number of times is it is it better to sit there and go yeah we made a mistake but we're going to write it out or is it say look we made a mistake okay done we're, we're just going to trade we're just going to bite the bullet it's exactly the same thing what we've seen in Philadelphia spoiler um, but they're basically going look this is the way, this is what it is we're happy to move on from it because we, we don't think this is the correct approach so we're just going to change it now same thing's happened with Arizona who we'll be talking about in a minute as well mm-hmm you know, they hired a head coach that, you know, after one season didn't work out, got rid of him and got someone else. Hired, uh, they drafted a first round quarterback, didn't work, got rid of him, got someone else. It, you know, is it a strength or is it a weakness? The jury's out. And in the long term, we'll find out. If after this season they win the division, go into the playoffs and look fantastic, and it's all because of Matt Stafford, it's inspired. It's one of the decisions of the offseason, but we don't know for now. The, the problem is they've moved off a guy they don't believe in. You kind of have to respect that because exactly as you two have said, what were they last season? They were a bit meh. And the only thing you can really put it down to is the quarterback. Yeah, if they've got a better quarterback, they're games, probably yeah. a better team. Oh, the defense was amazing at times. I mean, their yeah. defense was great to watch. Um, but if they had a better quarterback, they would be a better team. I know it's very simplistic, um, there's probably a couple of Rams fans out there who are saying it's not quite that simple, but to me it is. Mm. Let's, let's have a look. Some of the, they've got quite a few free agents. Um, some of the main ones: uh, Leonard Floyd, outside linebacker. Um, he needs at least 10 million. Um, you've got Austin Blythe, the guard, and um, Sam Abukam is another outside linebacker needs a new contract. Uh, Malcolm Brown, their running back, who was number one running back for most of the season. Uh, Gerald Everett, their number one tight end. John Johnson, the safety. Josh Reynolds, one of the wide receivers. Troy Hill, uh, one of their main cornerbacks. And Blake Bortles is also uh, wow. a contract. Oh, no. What are they going to do without Blake? They better re-sign <laughs> him quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so the biggest needs I had for them moving forwards was uh, a new left tackle, a new right tackle, an outside linebacker and a cornerback. So Andrew Whitworth is an all-pro left tackle, but he's hitting 40 years old. And the second year of a three-year, $30 million yeah. contract there isn't out next yeah, but season, but you need to start future planning that move. Yeah, but he doesn't practice. He plays. That's all he does. He's got the Ledley King approach. He never practices. What I'm saying, that's you've got to start future planning. for Even even if you've got to swallow him for another year and he does play, you yeah, can start future planning that position. 
Um, on the right side, Rob Havenstein is hitting the back nine of a four-year, $32.5 million contract extension. And I think they can improve to help Stafford there. Like I said, Leonard Floyd's got the uh, the biggest contract uh, need re-signing. They're starting edge rushers, him and Sam Ebercam for the Rams, so they need to start looking there. And of course, uh, Jalen Ramsey is their feature cornerback for a few years to come. Troy Hill had an okay season, but they should look to deepen that well. Like most teams could do with no more cornerbacks anyway, but um, those are the positions I thought they most needed to target in the draft when they get a chance or free agency. <laughs> with their three picks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how they go. Okay, so third team in the NFC West was the Arizona Cardinals. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, They finished 17th for passing, 7th for rushing. They were 13th for points scored and 21st in points conceded. Best game I had for the Cardinals, I've got to pick the Week 10 comeback epic against the Bills. A couple of touchdown throws for Kyler included the last second Hale Murray to Hopkins in the end zone. Worst game, there were some weird losses for the Cardinals, including to the Patriots, Panthers and Lions. I think the Week 13 loss at home to the Rams must have to hurt the most. They allowed 21 points in the fourth quarter to lose 38-28. Not having it. Christmas Eve lost to the CJ Beathard-led 49ers. Uh, That's the worst (laughs) game of the season. I'm not having it. They only had 49... They only had 45 yards of rushing by anyone whose name isn't Kyler. Um, and the Jeffrey Wilson ran for 183 yards. The Jeffrey Wilson. He only got 600 yards all season. Yeah, we got injured I mean, in that it, game, didn't he? Was, I don't care. He only got 600 yards per se. I mean, this was this was a week 16. This was Christmas Eve. It's not as though he was out for the entire duration. It's probably only two games after that anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that by far and away, when Jeffrey Wilson's getting 183 yards and CJ Beathard is beating you, not having it. That's their worst game of the decade. God, I picked a division game as well. Can't can't satisfy <laughs> you at all. No. Sorry. In terms of worst game, I mean, you can't argue with a loss. Yeah, man, to you know CJ you agree Beathard, with me. can you? I don't. <laughs> I really don't like siding with Dave because um, you never hear the end of it, generally speaking. But I think that's I normally get one person comment. per year agree with me, and I'm peaking early in March, so it doesn't look good for the rest <laughs> of the year. Um, they've got a lot of free agents, guys. Uh, Patrick Peterson is the uh, most notable at 14 million for the 31 year old. Only 31 cornerback. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is a slightly older, 38, but 11.5 mil was the end of his current contract. Um, Kenyon Drake, the running back, he needs at least 8.4, which he's not going to get. Uh, he's 27 years old. Uh, you've got a couple of outside linebackers in Devondre Campbell and Marcus Golden. Uh, you've got the guard, J.R. Sweezy, defensive tackle in Corey Peters. Hassan Reddick, I don't think he's going to get franchise tagged. There was talk of that maybe happening. Kelvin Beach from their right tackle. Um, and then a couple of cornerbacks, as again, in Drake Kirkpatrick and Jonathan Joseph and Demata Pico, another defensive tackle. So loads of players, a lot of them well into their 30s, uh, are all out of contract there in Arizona. I don't know how many are going to come back again, but the biggest needs I had for them were cornerback, obviously, because so many of their players are, are currently out of contract or old and or old. Um, running back, because they're not going to bring back Kenyon Drake at 8.4 mil. And defensive no. tackle, again, age and contract issues there um what do we reckon boys what's what's happening for the cardinals next year i think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to go and play with kyler murray there's people who are going to want to go and play with jj watt and they're also going to want to go and play with the likes of um 
Larry Fitzgerald. What was interesting is Steve Kime was on Fox uh, yesterday or day before, and he said, uh, when asked about Larry Fitzgerald, he said, uh, Larry hasn't told us whether he's coming back yet or not. And I get the distinct impression that if Larry wanted to come back and Steve Kime said no, there would be a revolution <laughs> um, and he'd probably get fired. Um, well, Kime's kept his job after no, the whole Josh Rosen thing, so maybe he's bulletproof. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he should. As, I think he absolutely should as well. You know, he... he, he he picked Josh Rosen. It didn't work out. I mean, he wasn't the only person saying Josh Rosen should be picked early in the first round. Josh Rosen was pissed no. because he didn't get picked up first, second, third, or fourth. He yeah. ended up dr- dropping towards it 12th or 10th, 10th or something like that. that. 10th. So it's not as though it was a pick where everyone sort of went, whoa, hang on a minute. Why are you picking him there? It was a consensus pick. So it wasn't as though he the bed. You know, it wasn't a bad pick. And he immediately moved up and said, not our guy. Let's go with someone else. And if you look at where the Cardinals were two years ago, I mean, the Broncos beat them and put 40 past them in Arizona. That's when you know you're bad. And I mean, even Cortland Sutton threw a touchdown. That tells you something. <laughs> so that's how bad they were. And look at where they are now. I'm sorry, he deserves absolutely to be in a job. But this is potentially his biggest offseason because there's so many players going. I wouldn't be surprised also to see Patrick Peterson come back. I mean, there's people saying he's going to want sort of 50 million. No one's paying a 31-year-old cornerback 50 million. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. Anyone that does mm-hmm. go and pay him 50 million, quite frankly, they deserve what they're going to get because we've seen drop-offs with, quarter, with uh, cornerbacks when they hit over 30 anyway. Unless he's going to move to set to safety, which wouldn't shock me too much. Um, but there's no way anyone's paying him 50 million. So it wouldn't surprise me if he goes back there as well. Um, there are a lot of players out, but at the same time, how many of them are massive sort of uh, players who are going to be going starters for other teams? I mean, Reddick maybe, but again, he's in and out sometimes. It, it just feels like they're not losing their key pieces. I think the one big point for them is last season, they were the most penalised team in the NFL. Um, so if a lot of players do go, maybe there's going to be a bit of a change in terms of um, sort of attitude because it's only through uh, being undisciplined that you get that many penalties. I mean, how do you beat the Raiders in number of penalties? I mean, that, that's quite an achievement <laughs> in itself. <laughs> nice little dig there. Thank you very much, Dave. So anything to add on the on the Cardinals? Where do you think they're heading? Are you impressed with what they're doing? Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think you have to be. You know, from where they came from. Which was pretty low, um, you know. I do think they've made good good strides um, last season. Um, I'm not I'm not sold on their their passing game, and I think that that's something that they should be looking at, um, as in wide wide receiver. Um, I, I'm not I'm not sure that there's enough talent there um, for Kyler Murray just like as a supporting cast. Personally, okay. we'll see what they do. I mean, like I I didn't really look at the the offensive side of the ball um, too much, but yeah. I mean, if you look at wide receiver, they, they've obviously got D Harp, who's, you yeah. know, you can make an argument that he's the best wide receiver in the league. Um, Andy Isabella, I really like, but he's a deep threat who's probably not going to get targeted that much because you've got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think they've still got Chris Kirk, who I love. I mean, Chris Kirk is sensational. But again, he's um, a as and, well. Very injury prone. It's that it's that twitch injury thing that I think we see with Will Fuller quite a lot. It's just mm. every time he comes back from one, there's another going there. Yeah. Um. But we saw we start to see the emergence. This is going to sound 
odd and i'm aware of how odd it sounds before i'm actually saying it but we started to see the emergence of dan arnold last year and he looked at times a real handful in the passing game so i think I don't know why. I agree with you. Their passing game isn't solid, but I don't know why. I don't think it's through lack of personnel. No. Just, I, I, and I don't think it's anything on the quarterback. I just don't know why it's not as explosive as it should be. Hmm. Maybe I agree with you. Maybe it's a scheming thing, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of scramble drills in there for Murray. Maybe that doesn't necessarily suit their wide receivers or they've not necessarily, you know, had that kind of embedded into their playing style you know enough they're still they're still trying to implement this air raid system mm. which I, I personally don't like but it is what it is it's just a lot of slants and a lot of narrow passes which i understand Damn i just it. don't i don't think works but it's also if you look at the division the seahawks historically have had a half decent defense not last season but historically 49ers defense whatever you say is good it, mm-hmm. it is a decent defense that offense which i'm sure we'll come on to later is toss um, and the Rams defense is very good so immediately you're playing four decent defenses out of a 16 game season so by definition your offense is going to be slightly muted by that but no I agree I think on offense is where there can be improvements but I don't think it's through personnel they could still work on the line I mean it was only a year ago they were saying that it was that Kyler was just in all sorts of trouble straight away as soon as he was getting the snap so they could still keep working on that offensive line give him more time give receivers more time to get open especially uh, Larry Fitzgerald. It's not fair on him at his age to not give him as much time as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's move on from the cards. They, they continue their, their slow climb to, uh, to glory. Let's go to the team that surprisingly finished bottom of this division, and that was the San Francisco 49ers. They finished with a 6-10 and 10 record. They were 12th in passing, uh, 15th in rushing. They finished 20th for points scored and 16th for points conceded. Best game? Um, well, they lost Jimmy G, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, and Raheem Mostert in week two. George Kittle only managed half a season with injury along with many others for San Fran. But there were a couple of good wins to cling on to. The Week 12 win at the Rams felt like a high point, 23 points to 20 in all that, that dross. Um, worst game, well, I could pick that Week 2-week two, two win over the Jets because of what it cost the Niners. But a Week 4 loss at home to the then winless Eagles must have flagged how the season was going to turn out, I think, at that point. Um, am, I, am I wrong, boys? Was that... I, I have to go Christmas Eve when the CJ CJ Bethard led 49ers uh, beat the Cardinals. I mean, we've just spoken about that. It has to be the other side of that coin. It has to be. Come on. <laughs> Again, I've picked another division win after you and Punk moaned at me so much about not picking the Listen, man. I, look, I looked at the 49ers season earlier on and I was, yeah. I was looking through the games. I couldn't pick a best win because all of the wins have got an asterisk next to them. Yeah. And I couldn't pick a worst loss because there were so many of them. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's that kind of thing. It's based on an opinion. And if you, whatever you choose, I'm not going to argue because it was a crap season. I'm sorry. It just Except was. You <laughs> yeah, you sort, you sort of did <laughs> argue a little bit. Yeah. yeah well, we knew like what I was yeah. going to. <laughs> um, just like the cars, they've got a lot of free agents uh, coming up here. Trent Williams is the biggest one that left tackle. Uh, the 33-year-old was on 13.6 mil. I'm not sure what's happening there. I don't think he's going to be sticking around, although they should really try to, because he really filled in after Joe Staley retired at left tackle. It was kind of seamless um, a positional there. Uh, Richard Sherman, who is bowl accounts out of the door already, uh, the Super yep. Bowl winning cornerback. Um, Solomon Thomas, their kind of muff third overall pick uh, defensive end. He's 26, but needs a new contract. Will they give it to him? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, Jaquiski Tart, free safety. He's 29. He's had a good career. Um, 
can they bring him back? Carl Juszczyk, their kind of all pro uh, fullback, needs a new contract. Tevin Coleman, <laughs> uh, one, of their, one of their many running backs, needs a new contract. Got Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver. He's done well this uh, in his time at um, San Fran. Kwon Williams at cornerback. Uh, Tom Compton, one of their guards. Ronald Blair and Deion Jones, so two defensive ends there, need new contracts. And both backup quarterbacks in CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins are out of contract as well. The CJ Beathard. The CJ Beathard. I bet when we started this podcast, you didn't think we'd talk quite so much about CJ Beathard. I honestly <laughs> didn't. I'm, I'm very surprised. But uh... I think the 49ers are in a good are in a good position because if there were five teams in this league, um, being the Seahawks, the Rams, uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals, and then the fifth team being the San Francisco 49ers IR, yeah. the IR would finish <laughs> above the 49ers last season. That's how many players were injured. Um, the yeah. part, in terms of pass rush, I think they can probably afford to lose Solomon Thomas because their pass rush has got depth. I mean, their pass rush was still dangerous when mm. half of them were sitting on IR. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, though, if we look at the draft, they've got eight picks in the draft this year, which is good. The seven yeah. rounds, they've got eight picks. So they've got that one extra pick somewhere. Um, the rest of the division combined, all the three other teams combined have only got 12. So if they draft well, it gives them an instant advantage because it means you're paying lower on the cap. It means you've got more to spend in free agency. It means you're younger and you're better for longer. They just need to sort out that quarterback position. But when you've got 12 picks and uh, when you've got eight picks and the entire rest of your division's only got 12 between them, I mean, come on, that that's a recipe for success for anyone. So what would you do with Jimmy G if you were John Lynch? Would you trade oh, him back to I... the Pats or are you going to use him? What are you going to do with him? Uh, quite honestly, I would move move him back if I could. Yeah. Yep, I'm not I'm not sold. I wasn't massively sold in the first place, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, and I think off you know off the back of uh, an injured season, it's um, yeah. I don't think it's. I, I wouldn't stick around. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'd, I'd move him back too, and I'd rinse them for everything they've got. <laughs> I'd try and take him for as much as possible, and then I would uh, go and get a veteran quarterback who can run a team. I don't know who it would be, um, but there's guys out there who are, or you come up with promise like Sam Darnold, for example. Mm. Um, but I don't stick with Jimmy G. You know, the best, what is it that, uh, what is it that, um, is said the best available, the best ability is availability, and we've seen yeah. consistently that Jimmy G doesn't have that. No, a bit of a shame for, for Jimmy. Um, I don't know if they, they do move off him. I think they might see this as a, as a lost season they've just been through. And maybe if they once they get everyone back, they can have another run at it. Because when they're all together, they did get through to a Super Bowl. It was only Patrick Mahomes that stopped them from, from winning a Super Bowl. So, yeah. I don't know. I did I, say I, last I season. they're going to move off that... so quickly. I did say last season they'd finish bottom of this division, though. I'm just saying. Uh, it's not very often I am right, but I did, I did say that. I did call you it. You took a swing. I know. And to be fair, no, to be fair, the year before, I gave you props because the year before you said they are brilliant and mm. they will get, get to the playoffs. And I said, you're crazy. What are you talking about? And they did. And I gave you props because of that. So now you have to sing my praises and glory and get my name tattooed on your arm because I was right. Hmm. <laughs> Um, it's one of those divisions where the team do swing around a bit because it's so competitive. Uh, I, they've got to sort out the left tackle position for Trent Williams. I mean, the Niners gave Washington a fifth round pick last year and a third this year to get him. So you'd think they'd want to pull out all the stops to keep him. Um, even if they do keep him, they've got to find a new centre. 
uh, if they can't restructure Western Richburg's contract. And right guard's also an area of need with Tom Compton uh, a contract. And then, of course, the QB situation is the biggest one. Even if they stick with Jimmy G, they've got to find someone else to um, to come in as a backup. And uh, and cornerback, obviously, Richard Sherman is gone. All the other corners need new deals. They need to work on that secondary because the front seven's so good. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, they've got a lot of players coming back. I've got high hopes for the 49ers for next season, but it's, yeah. I think it's a bit too early question to mark that. I mean, there's a, there's a few players on that free agency list who are going to be signing for pretty much league minimums. I mean, no one's picking up Ziggy Ansah, for example. He's had more injuries than he has, than he has tackles. Mm. So no one's going to be paying him more than about 2 million quid. So you're going to be picking him up on exactly what you're paying him now. So yeah, there are players on that who will come back. I don't expect to see a massive turnaround. And to be honest, we've been hearing for so long Tevin Coleman wants a big contract. Go and get one song because you're not staying in, you know, guarantee you're not staying in San Francisco and no one's paying you off decent money. So I think it's just one of those things. I think they'll retain a lot of the players they have. Um, and I think they'll be much stronger next season. We're going to leave the NFC West behind now, boys. We're going to move on to the NFC East. Some heartless people call it the NFC East, but what a division, eh, Si? What I mean, that's division. all you've called them throughout the entire season. So this is some heartless people. <laughs> well, you, <I'm> heartless, but... <laughs> you coined the term. <laughs> I did. I, I wish I had, but um, yes, the Washington football team, the New York football giants, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. No team there could produce a winning record. Um, it hasn't happened very much, but we're going to start with the, the football team, obviously stripped of their franchise name. Finally, they finished seven and nine. Um, only team to have a positive points differential as well of, of plus six. Uh, they finished 25th in passing yards, 26th in rushing yards, 25th in points scored, and 29th in points conceded. Best game. So knowing how much Washington fans hate the Cowboys, it feels easy to pick that Thanksgiving Day 41-16 shellacking in Dallas. Rookie running back Antonio Gibson ran in three touchdowns. Alex Smith scored, scored one in the air and on the ground. And the defense smothered Andy Dalton and uh, Zeke Elliott. Worst game, uh, I picked the Week 10 loss in Detroit, 27-30, which saw Washington hit a 2-7 and record. Uh, no fan would have predicted they would go on to only lose two more regular season games after that point and end up top of the division. But at the time, I'm guessing it was uh, a bit like in Shawshank with uh, Brooks <laughs> and, the night, and the noose. Spoiler alert. Dave, you're going to argue with me for worst game? Uh, I'm going to argue with you for best and worst game. Oh. Um, best game. No, best game, I agree with you, Cowboys. But it's when they when they beat them 25-3 in week seven. <laughs> Might have been week eight. Either way. Um, the reason being is... No, the reason being is that game where they won 25-3 is against the Cowboys. That caveat has to be mentioned every other word. Mm. Um, but it came after five straight losses. And in the previous week, they lost in the last minute to the Giants. So it doesn't matter that this was the Ben Danucci game. Hugh Jim's terrible impression. There we go. Um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the game. They beat the Cowboys 25-3. And they will be releasing DVDs of that game because that matters. It oh, absolutely matters. In terms of their worst game, um, I, I agree with your selection, but I'd have to go with uh, the wildcard game against the Bucks just because they were so close, but they were so far away. They were down to Tyler Henneke. Um, I know. And Tyler Henneke was brilliant. That game as well. It, the biggest disappointment, I think, has to be that they didn't get to Brady a little bit more. They put him under duress and I think got two sacks in the entire game. But coming into that game, everyone 
us included, was lauding them as being the best pass rush in the NFL. Um, and I think it was just a little bit of a disappointment. It was a fantastic game, but they would have come out of the game just feel feeling a little bit low because they were so close, but yet so far. Um, they were happy so to be for me, there. I think that's the worst loss. No, I agree. I Let's agree. face it. They were making up the numbers in that division. Um, big free agent. So Brandon Scherf has been franchise tagged. Um, he was due to get 18.3 million. So I'm guessing he's getting more than that. He's 29 years old. All pro uh, right uh, right. Wasn't time, he the right cat out of Thundercats? Schmurf. Schmurf. Schmurf might have been, but this is Brandon Scherf, uh, former first round pick for the team. Um, Ryan Kerrigan is the big name, really. 11.5 million, 33 year old defensive end. He is unlikely to get the contract he wants to stick around. Um, he just doesn't get, well, they, they start rotating him more and he wants more snaps. So I don't think they can provide him with what he wants. Um, Thomas Davis is ancient at linebacker. He's, and uh, he needs a new contract. <laughs> Kevin Pierre Lewis, a very good outside linebacker. Um, he needs a new contract. Ronald Darby, one of the two corners. And um, Ruben Foster, who, uh, got a bit of a story around he's, Ruben um, Foster, but he's out of contract yeah, as he's, well. He's leaving the NFL to become a cage fighter. I'm assuming. <laughs> and that's not actual news. That's an assumption on my part, but I mean, I'm probably not real. Before we talk about uh, needs going forward, so talk to us about the uh, the football team. Obviously, they've got a new uh, head coach in Ron Rivera and um, had Alex Smith has come back player of the year at quarterback for some of the season. Um, how, how do you think they did this year? You know what? Um, you got to give them credit, I think, because, yeah, they had a losing record. Um but when you look at what they probably went through on offense at quarterback position, mm. which, which you know, part, you know, partly that partly that was their doing, of course, yeah. um, you know, with the decisions they made. But but what they went through and to actually win the division, um, you know, I think they deserve credit. Obviously, defensively they were phenomenal, um, and actually, I think why I would say that that's probably better than a lot of other teams as well is just because they had to spend so much time on the field. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be knackering after so, a while, isn't it? As defense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, th- you know, I think I give them, I give them credit, but it's going to be difficult for them to sustain until they really nail down what they're doing on offense. Yeah, I think yes, they yes they had a losing record, but I mean it was seven and nine, so it's not a terrible no. losing record. I mean. By definition, it's the best losing record that you can get. Um, but to say to say that you to say that you you know won your division and you didn't really have a franchise quarterback, I mean that tells you everything you need to know. And that that in itself is quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, any team that has five straight losses and still ends seven and nine, I think that's reasonable. That is very impressive. That defense is brilliant. Um, I think though everyone sort of waxes lyrical about Chase Young, quite rightly. I think he's, he is great. I don't yeah. think he's their player of the season. I think Terry McLaurin is their player of the season. Um, he is epic, Terry now, McLaurin. He is brilliant. Now the thing is, he got I think one thousand one hundred yards, give or take a few yards either side. I think, um, and the next highest wide receiver in terms of number of yards was Cam Sims with four hundred and seventy-seven. So four hundred and seventy-seven to eleven hundred. That's how good he was this season. And for the most part, he had thrown at him. So he is sensationally good. And he is their player of the season simply because on offense, it was him followed by no one. And that's pretty much what it was. I mean, a running back, they had a little bit of um, 
help. I can't remember the, Antonio the Gibson. name. Antonio, Antonio Gibson. Gibson, that's it. Yeah, Gibson looked okay in his patches. There was a couple of times I played him in um, uh, in fantasy in various leagues, and there was a couple of times he did me. I mean, one of the t- one time, I think it was a 25-point game he had where he just destroyed me. Mm-hmm. And there was another one where he got minus one point. And I think that was kind of where he was. He had kind of a Cam Akers season where he was either fantastically brilliant or just a bit near. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he 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 needs a breakout season at some point, um, and I'm sure it will come because he's a very talented guy. But Terry McLaurin for me, player of the season. Mm. The biggest needs I've got for them moving forward is uh, offensive line, quarterback, obviously, um, outside linebacker, uh, linebacker, and some extra help on cornerback. Um, it's expected that the Washington's going to use their first round pick on the new left tackle to protect whoever's going under center uh, in Washington. So QB, so Taylor Heineke did flash some potential to cover the starting role for at least a season. Alex Smith is unlikely to return after his comeback uh, season. So only coming back for one season. If an elite linebacker slips them in the draft, I think they might have to take him as the inside linebacker group is so weak. Thomas Davis, like I said, is ancient and Cole Holcomb needs help because uh, he can't do it all on his own. And Kendall Fuller was a great pickup last year at cornerback for the for the team. But um, Darby needs that new contract. You expect cornerback to be uh, drafted at some point next day, in April. Yeah, there's there's some bits to be fixed here, but... If they can find a quarterback, it would make it a lot easier for them. Yeah, they have to. They have to find a quarterback. There's there's no two ways about it. Kyle Allen's obviously not the answer. Um, and yeah, the, I, I don't know what the answer is because they I don't think they're high enough to draft anyone half decent or anyone that they want unless someone radically slips to them. Um I don't think someone like Mac Jones is going to be the answer. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know where they go. It's, it's very interesting to see because I, I don't know what the answer is. I haven't even got a theory on what the answer is. To be perfectly honest, I, I just don't know. Um, a lot of mocks so have them moving up for a, a quarterback, but I just don't see them doing that. Really, Ron Rivera is I mean, in terms he's of a defensive coach. In terms of actual, yeah, in terms of strength, um, strength of uh, the number of draft cap, the amount of draft capital that they have. Um, they're sitting 14th and they're sitting crucially behind. This is about each pick that you have is attributed a value and they're 14th in total, but crucially they're behind all of the other teams that need quarterback. So it's not as though, you know, they can jump ahead of people because they can just be outbid. It's kind of mm-hmm. like going to an auction where you need to buy a car that everyone else is going for, but you've got less money than everyone else. Well, that doesn't leave you in a great position, which is why I'm sitting here. Everyone who's thinking, we'll just move up. You'll get, just get outbid. That's the problem. So if everyone's desperate for a quarterback, you don't have the capital to go and do it. And you're not going to trade players because you haven't got the players in an attacking position that other teams are going to want. So it's a really, really tricky situation. And I'd love to know what their plan is. Um, but it's something to keep an eye on, definitely. There is a guy out there in free agency, about 38 years old, huge beard, bit of magic in his arm. I'm pretty just, uh, sure. Might just want to play that Fitz, I'm pretty sure that Fitz said he was going to retire um, <laughs> because the Broncos, Broncos made no. contact with him. Broncos made again. contact with Ryan Fitzpatrick um, because he's an unrestricted free agent. We can, and um, yeah, he said he, he he has hinted his desire to retire, which isn't too much of a shock. He's made uh, a fair old whack in his career. He's on about sixty million in terms of career earnings. He's a Harvard grad and is uh, renowned as being the smartest quarterback in terms of intelligence ever to have played the game. 
Mm. Um, so I dare say he has outside interests um, that he probably wants to pursue. <laughs> and let's be honest, the wide receiving core that he's been dealing with in uh, in uh, Miami, he's you know he's wanted new. Uh, wide receivers for a long time in Miami. I mean, he's been taking a downturn going to uh, Washington. So I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Any thoughts from you, Si, about their quarterback position? Anyone you can think might fit in there? When you were started mentioning the 38-year-old with a beard, I nearly said, I'm only 36. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to put in a bid to go and join them? <laughs> the well. inside man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'd, rather, I'd rather have Si than Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, that's, that's a that's a burn on you for your backup quarterback. <laughs> oh no, my third stringer. How, how could you? <laughs> second, fourth, second, fourth. So the team that finished second in the NFC East was the New York Football Giants. They had a six and ten record. Passing yards, they were 29th. Rushing yards, they were 19th. Points for they were 30th, and points against they were 24th. The best game I had for them was the Week 17 win at home to the Cowboys, 23-19, which saw them miraculously in play for the playoffs. Daniel Jones threw more touchdowns than interceptions, and it was revenge for earlier in the season. The worst game I had was the Week 5 loss in Dallas, which saw the Cowboys to an 0-5 record. Dak Prescott didn't throw a touchdown in the game, and the Cowboys still won with 37 points. Dave, these Giants... What, do we, what are we going to make about these boys? Um, Giants, for me, are a bit of a disappointment. Um, going into uh, the start of the season, we thought I, I thought that they'd be a little bit better than they were. Um, I think when you look at the fact that they lost potentially the best offensive piece in Saquon Barkley, it messed up both the Giants and myself because I drafted him early in uh, fantasy, Indeed, which yeah. led, led to me finishing almost bottom. Um, but no, their best win for me was against uh, Washington week six because that came off the back of five straight losses. Um, Joe Judge's first win, it was an impressive performance. And as I mentioned okay. earlier on, it was that last minute win that they have. And the worst win, uh, their worst loss, um, Cardinals week 14, um, only putting seven on the board is not good enough. Um, but there was there was positives for the Giants. Um, I have a vested interest in the Giants because I'm over half a Giants fan. And mm-hmm. I think their best player was Blake Martinez. Um, led the league for most of the season in tackles. Ended up third overall. But to put it into context, he finished third overall in tackles. Um, and there's only one other Giants player in the top 150 in terms of most number of tackles, and that's Logan Ryan. So he was a one-man wrecking ball on that defense. Our um, friend Akatim is very upset that Blake Martinez isn't yeah, playing. Not many other people. <laughs> yeah, he he was the he's best player that they had by a long way. I think mm. the Giants should have ended up better than they were, and they lost a lot of games. You know, there there was a period of the season where they won four on the bounce um, which included the Seahawks and there was five games that preceded those where they lost um, four games by a single score so really there's a nine game stretch there where they were on fire and that you know though that four games could have become a nine win streak Um, five of those games were against playoff teams so they were in games um, and that's why it feels like such a disappointment a lot of people look and go it's the Giants Giants have been rubbish for ages and they have but there were a lot of games they were close in. There were a lot of games they were close in. And if the wind blew in the other direction, 
then you know we could quite easily have seen them qualifying for the playoffs. I mean, let's not let's not pull any bones. If they'd have got to the playoffs, they'd have got tonked by whoever they'd have played in a way. So well, it exactly. doesn't matter all that much. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, they are they are a better team than we give them credit for. In my opinion, I think they're a much better team than we give them credit for. Um, and when they get Saka and Barkley back, they're a completely different animal. And let's be honest, they're in the right division. <laughs> Poor no bones about that. They are in the right division. So what do you think about uh, the Giants? Were you disappointed by uh, Daniel Jones's performances? What, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Jones. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some people are a little higher on him than, than probably I am. And that's nothing necessarily against him or the Giants. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he's that... That great. I think obviously the run game was a big issue for them. Um, I think you know Barkley obviously injuries and, and a bit of a down year. Um, yeah, and just they're not that great wide receiver really. Um, I, I don't think. Well, Darius Slayton was like their one good part, wasn't he, in terms of receiver? Mm. But other, you're right. Other than that, it was slim pickings. Evan Engram had another kind of down year, considering yeah. these are high draft picks we're talking about here with Engram and um, Daniel Jones. You know, they they haven't really lived up to the uh, the draft billing, I guess. Uh, but the defense seems to be relatively solid. I mean, you you play them twice. Um, any anything you think is kind of a, a danger moving forwards when you're playing against them? Are you worried about them next year? Um. <sighs> probably shouldn't be but knowing us should be will be um <laughs> no i i do think defensively you know they they've been they've been pretty solid and i guess that's highlights for the other team you know three teams in the division whilst not great they they were all probably head of the eagles de- defensively um i think um and that's probably a concern going into next year mm no, yeah, as, as, we're, as we're behind them, I think, in terms of defensive play. So free agents for the Giants, obviously Leonard Williams got tagged. So that was the biggest bit of um, business sorted out there because he was looking at 16.1 million uh, for a new contract. Everyone else is below like 5 million for a new contract. Uh, Kyla Fackrell, one of their outside linebackers, needs a new contract. Uh, Cam Fleming won the tackles. Colt McCoy, their backup quarterback. Nate Ebner, free safety. Dion Lewis, the 31-year-old running back out of uh, what used to play for Tennessee. Uh, Austin Johnson be honest, and forgot, Darwin Thomason. I forgot Dion tackle. Lewis was there. I forgot Dion Lewis played for the Giants. <laughs> oh, he was there. Lie. He was just about no. there. And uh, Jabal Sheard, another defensive end. Um, he's 32, looking for a new contract. Only looks for a million, so maybe they'll give it to him. Um, biggest needs I've got for the Giants, uh, wide receiver. It's unlikely yes. that Golden Tate will be back, so the Giants are thin. No, he's already been released. Sorry, Golden uh, Golden Tate's already been released. All right, so yeah, so wide receiver Golden Tate has been released. Uh, the Giants are thin. We've really only Darius Slayton producing last season. Outside linebackers, so maybe Kyler Fackrell comes back. Maybe he doesn't. Either way, there are options in the draft to improve that. And at cornerback, James Bradbury needs some consistent on the other side. Uh, there were five different starters opposite him last season, so they could look at that as well. Because yeah. I don't think they're going to move um, Daniel Jones anytime soon. No, I, I agree, and I think it should stay on Daniel Jones because there was, you know, there was a long period last season when he was injured, and they obviously brought him back too early, and he was avoiding throwing it down the field. Yeah. Um, 
genuine question. I know you're not a massive Giants fan. I'd even go as far as to say you dislike the Giants. <laughs> um, but do they have the worst receiving core in the NFL? Oh, because I think they might. The only the only team I can really Ravens muster against them. No, Ravens is okay because they've still got. Um, They've still got um, Mark okay. Andrews. They've still got Brown. Yeah, they've, but Darius got Slayton's a, a very good wide there. receiver. I like Darius Slayton. Slayton's okay. Slayton's okay. He's a number two receiver. He's not a number one receiver. The only one I can really align to it is one. Miami, maybe. No, Miami's receiver core is their receiver, receiver core. Like like core. Mike Gazicki's really good as well. So True, Gazicki is good. But I can't really name that many other teams who are, who are worse than the Giants, in all honesty. Um <sighs> It's definitely Jags had a bad season for wide receiver. Let's face it. Yeah, but the Jags have got talent with DJ Shark. I mean, again, it, the biscuit should not. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was Lut- Luton and uh, that idiot with the mustache who was throwing them. Didn't so you? I'm not not an idiot. Yeah, I'm, well, all right. Let him start for the let him start for the Steelers and see what you reckon about him then. All right, yeah. There uh-huh. you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I. <laughs> well this is true and you're paying 40 million for the privilege no I think the Giants have a massive need in the receiving core good news for the Giants is they've got a decent amount of picks so um, mm. I think they're going to do alright um, so one of the part, part is uh, Nate Solder who for anyone who doesn't know he's the um, BFG who was the left tackle for the Steelers for so uh, for the Patriots, Patriots for so long um, when they win numerous Super Bowls he opted out last year yep so they went and got Andrew Thomas, who was playing uh, left tackle, who's a right tackle in college, and got Matthew Pert, who was a left tackle who played right tackle in the NFL. Yeah, swap sides. Um, they were their offensive guard. Uh, they were the offensive tackles either side. Nate Solder has now said, "I want to come back." I think the Giants would say no. I don't know what whether they are <laughs> tied to him and basically have to keep him because he's come back because he opted out because of COVID. Um, but I think it was a big contract. They should say no. It was a, yeah, mom, it was a massive a contract. Contracts. Yeah. Did it? I know. I think I think they should get out of it because they found replacements, and I think the offensive line mm. last season was fine. I think Matthew Pert is potentially the find of the season on offensive line. How many times do we see an offensive lineman drafted in the second, third, fourth, or fifth round, or whatever it was? I think it was third or fourth round who come through and actually make a place in the NFL. We normally don't see that, um, and he was fantastic last year. He was brilliant last year. I he was one of the guys I was I was big on in the draft. Um, and he proved he, he was superb. So I, I think it's uh, it, it, it's a it's a sensible move for them to go away from um, go away from Nate Solder, um, but their receiving core definitely needs to be upgraded. Absolutely. Let's move on to the other team that was six and ten. They finished third in the division. That was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they were eighteenth in passing. They were seventeenth in rushing. Seventeenth uh, in points scored, and fifth in points conceded. Best game, I've chosen the Week 16 comeback game against Size Eagles. Philly had a 14-3 first quarter lead, but Andy Dalton actually managed to get three touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb had a receiving and rushing touchdown, and Zeke had over 100 yards rushing as well in that game. So sorry, Cy. Mm. Uh, worst game, Week 7, where the Cowboys flew to Washington to kick a field goal in the first quarter. <laughs> Washington managed to ease out to a 25-3 victory. Dalton had 75 yards passing and an interception. Zeke was held to just 45 rushing yards. Um... This was a very strange Cowboys team. The defense allowed a franchise record 473 points last season. Um, the Cowboys thought they'd made solid additions last year in free agency with Gerald McCoy, Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix, Dontari Poe, Daryl Worley, and Everson Griffin. But McCoy was hurt in the first padded practice of camp. Clinton-Dix was cut before the season started. 
Poe and Wally were cut during the season and Griffin was traded. So mm-hmm. that didn't work out. Good news for the Cowboys is that after procrastinating on their quarterback for so long, Dak Prescott had just put pen to paper on a new $160 million contract, which includes $126 million guaranteed and a $66 million signing bonus, which, of course, is the highest in NFL history. The deal runs for six years but voids to four to help the Cowboys against the cap. Dak suffered a compound fracture of his right ankle in the Week 5 game against the Giants. The Cowboys scored just one touchdown in the following three games, which obviously helped with that contract negotiation. Uh, using the tag on Dak would have cost $37.7 million while opening up the door to his departure in 2022 via free agency. Dave, talk to me about Dak Prescott's deal, because obviously you know all about... You're a cap guy. You're a numbers mm. man. So, I work? think they've... It has to work. They've left themselves in a situation where it's too late for them to go and find a replacement. They can't let Dak go, um, no. because they will get mauled in the press. For anyone who doesn't know, there's the NFL, then there's the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> now, for anyone else who's outside of the US, we don't care about the Cowboys. No one cares about the Cowboys. No. There's a reason they're called America's team. They would get killed if they let Dak walk. Okay. It doesn't matter that he's, you know, he's, his ankle is basically made of metal. It doesn't mm. matter that he's, he's, he's gone off the whole season. The fact is, he is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. And there's an argument to be made that there is no more prestigious a position in North American sport than being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. This deal was always going to get made. All of this hyperbole of saying he was going to walk on a free, he was never going to walk on a free. If they had to, they'd, they'd tag him again and then the deal would get made later on. They, they scored an own goal by not signing the deal earlier on. He was a late pick. I think he was a third or fourth round pick or fourth. something. Yeah, so he's been earning less than me. Late fourth as well. He was a compensator. He wasn't even their, fir- their first fourth round pick. He was a compensator yeah. in the fourth. So he his, his selection was an afterthought. And as I say, for the past couple of years, he's probably been earning less than I have. So he's pretty much been on a league minimum. Um, yeah. Last year, he was on the franchise tag, which meant he earned, he earned a fortune. And word on the street is he earned $50 million on... Um, uh, what would you call it? On promotional Advertising work. And stuff. He's and on every advertising advert. and stuff like that. Yoga adverts. Pretty much. Pillow adverts. And, yeah. yeah. And... Um, yeah, you can also go and get a Dak sack and crack as well. I'm joking. <laughs> but no, it, he is he is um, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback and they have to re-sign him. And he and his agent knew that. And they've held the, the Cowboys over a barrel. And it was always going to get signed. There's no doubt about it. The fact is, the Cowboys at the moment are essentially... and They're one of those American... Uh, muscle cars that have got a thousand brake horsepower, but they've got no brakes, no steering. It will topple over every five minutes. Suspension's garbage, and the wheels Can't are too turn. thin. They've got no defense. Their defense is trash. It's garbage. It's utter, utter tripe. They can't stop the run. They can't stop you from throwing on them. The only my the biggest win for me was that uh, game they beat the Falcons, where the Falcons were a million points ahead and then blew it in the last minute. It's 40 mm-hmm. to 39 or something like that. I think it was week two. It's the most famous comeback in recent history. So mm-hmm. that's the only reason I pick it. I mean, to put it into context, the Falcons shouldn't have lost it and the Cowboys should never have been that far down, but is what it is. That's the yeah, biggest yeah. win for me. 
Um, and we're arguing about what the biggest win was in a terrible season. So I don't think Jim's <laughs> going to be arguing too much on that because, you know, no. the biggest loss, I think, is week one against the Rams. Everyone was fit. Everyone. They had Zeke. They had Dak. Zach, uh, Zeke ran for... Uh, almost a th- 100 yards they had a full strength roster this was the best roster at any point in the season they had and they still lost they only scored three points in uh the final quarter in the uh, entire second half sorry mm. there's no excuses for this game every other game's got an asterisk attached to it every other game except this one this game you were as good as you were ever going to be and you still got beat by the rams who didn't let's be honest didn't hit full speed for the entire season almost so this entire season it's like the lost years the dallas cowboy the lost years they've overpaid for a quarterback they've overpaid for a running back they've overpaid for uh, amari cooper as well i mean quite whoever amari cooper's agent is the guy's a legend because he's earning nearly 20 million quid next year Mm. i don't understand where they're going as a team because their defense is garbage and they have to address it uh so are you afraid of the cowboys for next season? Not really, no. No? Probably probably the least of the of the teams, if I'm honest. You know, oh, I okay. think yeah, okay, they'll I think they'll likely get Prescott back and I think they've got some really good pieces on offense around him. Mm-hmm. You know, Elliot, C D Lamb, Cooper. You know, the the offensively they look they look pretty good, but I'm I don't think the consistency's there. Where before Prescott went down last season I I'm, you know, I don't think the consistency was there, and I don't see that necessarily changing. Yeah, a lot of problems on defense uh, for the Cowboys, mm. but that's been, been that way for a while, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean that huge contract for Prescott. At least they have finally kind of nailed down a quarterback. And yeah, out of all the, the teams in this division, they seem to now have the most settled quarterback situation. Um, apart from hopefully yourself, because I'm a massive Hurts fan, but. It, it always helps when you've got your, your franchise quarterback locked up. And although he might not be the best quarterback in the league, he's certainly one of the best kind of locker room guys by all accounts. And the stuff he does in the community means that um, his teammates love him at least. But I don't know. So you're, you're expecting the Cowboys, what, to do what they've done this season? Or, I mean, they didn't have, like you said, they didn't have Dak for most of it. So you think they're going to still only do about six and 10 or, Seven and nine. Oh no. Oh no, Dave. Oh. Sorry? Hang on, I'm back. Hey. Yes. Did you do you hear what I just said a second ago? No. Was, uh, I, about the community side I got to, but that was it. Yeah, I was just saying, so you don't think they're gonna get much better than six and ten, even with Prescott if you can play a whole season? Well, that's the big if for me is around the durability side. Mm. Um, I think there are, I think they're going to be and have to be question marks around, around that. Like I, I get why the, the Cowboys would, would do it. it. Does seem a bit strange that they've done it on, you know, in the off season when he's had an injury. Um, but do I think they're going to finish better than six and 10? Honestly, I'm not, not convinced that they will unless they make some significant improvements. Well, let's hope not for your sake then. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay, because I mean they've got a lot of free agents. Obviously, they've sorted out Dak. Um, Tyrone Crawford is the next highest in terms of value. Nine million for the thirty-two-year-old defensive end. Uh, Sean Lee's thirty-five. 
Um, but he's kind of the heart of that, that defense when he's actually on the field. Um, Andy Dalton needs a new contract as the backup quarterback. Cam Irving won their left tackle. Uh, he needs 2.5. Joe Looney, their center, he might get prized away in free agency. So that's going to be a problem for them. Uh, and then Alden Smith, who's been knocking around the league. I don't know. I don't think he's going to stick around. Chidobia Wuzier, one of the best draft calls ever um, from <laughs> Drew Pearson. Uh, he's and already a out of contract now, uh, 26. And Jordan Lewis, yeah. who... Um, Jordan Lewis, he had a, a fairly good year, but he gets flagged a lot. That's the real problem for Jordan. Um, injuries didn't help Chidobi as well. I was going to say, Chidobi plays, Chidobi plays deep. So a lot of the time he's going against speedsters, he's going against the best wide receivers. Mm. Um, and when you're essentially a rookie and he hasn't had a huge amount of playing time, so he's essentially had two rookie years. Um, and when you're going and being targeted by the best wide receivers on a defense that's lacking talent, I think he's better than his numbers show. And I think if he goes somewhere that I'm not saying go to the Steelers or the Bills or some elite unit like that, if you go somewhere that are even remotely competent, um, I think it will show that it, he's improved. Somewhere where there's got mm. decent safeties, um, a cornerback who can kind of look after him a little bit, he will be one of those guys who is like Dre Greenlaw, for example. Greenlaw's come on leaps and bounds in San Francisco um, more than most people thought he was going to be. So it's that kind of improvement I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, too surprised to see. Yeah, I mean, Somewhere like was, Chicago. Because of those free agent things, they got us out of the O-line. So like I said, Joe Looney might get um, snatched somewhere else. Um, and Cam, Irv- Cam Irving's got to be re-signed. Um, although he was, he's unlikely to return, he was injured as well last season. Uh, but then, of course, it's mostly defence. Pretty much any position on defence you want, especially the linebacker core. Obviously, Sean Lee's 35 needs a new contract. Van Der Esch is either injured or not playing at his peak form anymore. Alden Smith was getting burned out last season. Joe Thomas needs a new deal as well. Uh, and at safety as well. I mean, piling on the defense, Xavier Woods is an unrestricted free agent and didn't have a great year. Dallas haven't invested in the safety in years. So maybe they've got to look yeah. there, but the safety class isn't great in the draft. Um, there's no rig and that's about it. So I don't, I don't think it matters to be perfectly honest, because when was the last time we saw, uh, when was the last time we saw them draft real solid defensive players? Well, that's what I mean. Um, they, they it's tend always to the money defense, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Only the only, last time we saw them really pick a defensive player high up was Leighton Van Der Esch. And that's because they absolutely had to when everyone else is there going, no, don't pick him because he's got that neck problem. Anyone who's seen him play wears basically a neck brace because his yeah. head's going to fall off. Yeah. Um, everyone else in the league was saying, no, don't pick him. And they go and pick him. So it's ironic. The only defensive pick they have in well, certainly my memory is a guy that they shouldn't have picked in the first place. But they, they're always there. They're, they always have the money shot because... I don't want to say money shot. That sounds weird. Jerry Jones is money <laughs> shot. Good God. But Jerry Jones is the GM who's the owner. And, the, you know, the one thing he likes to do is making a splash with these sexy signings. They've only got six draft picks. Yes, they're picking high. They're picking about 10th. So that possibility for them to trade. Because yeah. I'm guessing they're probably not going to draft a quarterback. So, you know, they can always <laughs> trade. That would be amazing, yeah. though, if they did draft Mac Jones. That is, <laughs> that is a Brian Kutikens kind of move. That's a Kutikens move. That's, that would be um, amazing. Yeah, well, most mocks haven't taken the cornerback, mm. which is a sensible pick. But like you said, it's not a Jerry Jones pick. He doesn't like no. defense. No, I. Uh, it's it's difficult to see them go in. 
uh, it's difficult to see them go insensible. I think what we're more likely to see is someone someone will slide and he'll pick him up because we see that quite often. Um, Leighton Van Der Esch slid and they picked him up. Uh, CeeDee Lamb slid, they picked him up. It, it yeah. happens all the time. You know, we see a sexy name slide and then the Cowboys swoop in and pick up the change that no one else wanted. Now, that's not me having a pop at um, CeeDee Lamb. For me, CeeDee Lamb was their player of the season last year. Second best uh, receiver PFF taken, had, I think, in the draft. Yeah, well, PFF had Demarcus Lawrence as the highest-rated cowboy, but I mean, I'll opt for CD Lamb. CD Lamb got nearly a thousand yards with yeah. dog quarterbacks throwing at him. Yeah, um, and you know, let's not be let's not also forget about his number of highlight reel spectacular catches we've mm-hmm. seen. And to make it even more impressive, he's playing in an offense where there are a number of players who are very good receivers. You know, yeah. Michael Gallup he's a horse of a man. Excuse the pun. As you like to but say, he's yeah. one of my he's one of my favourite wide receivers. I think he's the most un, unrate, uh, underrated receiver in the league. I really do. I think he's brilliant. Him and Kelly Golladay, one of my two of my favourite receivers who aren't who aren't Broncos. Um, and then of course you got Amari Cooper as well. So he's playing in an offense where you have to share the pie, and yet he's still got a nice big fat slice as a rookie. I think he's brilliant. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. But. <laughs> A lot of stuff to do there, and it's going to be really tough. Mike McCarthy has been brought in, but hasn't had a great start. And, you know, he, he left Green Bay in a bit of a cloud as well. So it be interesting to see if they can get a better record next year. Uh, well, this we is next, next year is next year is Mike, Mike McCarthy's first season, mm-hmm. essentially, because this, this season he can write off. No, this season he can write off. He can go oh, in and nice. say, look. I got I got a six and ten record, almost qualified for the playoffs. I was only one game away from qualifying for the playoffs. I lost my franchise quarterback, and there was issues with defense. Look, you're lucky I got you to six wins. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Just for the record, you've got the excuses but it's a case lined that up. Can be made. Oh, yeah. oh man, oh no, but they, the they've been lined up since week twelve. Already done. Yeah, <laughs> already done. All right, so we're going to jump down to the the last. And in this case, unfortunately, least team in the NFC East, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles. They finished 4-11-1. Um, they, they were 28th in passing. They were 9th in rushing. They were 26th in points scored, 13th in points against. Uh, their best game, sorry, I've got, I could have gone the divisional smashing of the Cowboys, but I picked the last win for the Eagles. It was in week 14 against the Saints. Jalen Hurts looked good against a playoff team that were cruising to another division title. The Eagles led the whole game, ending 24-21 winners. Worst game, although it benefited them in the draft position, the loss in Week 17 to Washington did leave a bad taste in the mouth and may have been the catalyst for Doug Pedersen uh, getting fired after winning the Super Bowl just three years ago. Your thoughts on that? Uh, best game, I definitely um, definitely agree with the, the one against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, wor- <laughs> worst game any of a number of them really <laughs> um <laughs> number 117 yeah i'd 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 maybe go the cowboys the week before mm. um you know i don't really care about the week 17 loss i know there's lots of talk about it leaving a bad taste in the mouth but you know whatever the, the cowboys one's probably the one that hurt more yeah because they had a bad season as well. So, yeah. Um, Eagles are currently projected to be more than 40 million over the 2021 salary cap, which isn't great for a starting position uh, for your off season. And of course, yeah. Doug Peterson was fired in January with a 46 39 and one record. So, 
So talk, talk to us about that side. Obviously, Doug Pedersen got you your first ever Super Bowl win, and three years mm-hmm. later, he's out the door. Do you agree with the move? Or I do, I do. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, um, but you know, I think he definitely went off the rails. It sounds a bit harsh, um, but you know, it, we are we inevitably fell off a cliff in more recent years, um, and something had to change. Um, and I think a lot of that blame went on Wentz, obviously, um, mm-hmm. which is which is rightly so. But uh, I think I've mentioned to you, or we'd had a conversation, Jim, separately as well, that I think there's definitely someone on the head coach as well that's got to go towards certainly the Wentz individually, but also the team as a whole. So I think it's the right the right move. Yeah. And actually, that that record, whilst is a winning record, isn't isn't setting the world alight. No, it's only seven wins more than uh, losses. Yeah. So then the other big one is um, obviously Carson Wentz getting traded uh, down to Indianapolis for not not a lot. I mean, first of all, you're you're a big fan of Wentz, um, mm-hmm. so I'm guessing you're quite upset to see him leave. But then also, do you think you've got a fair price for him? Um, Was it a third and a potential first? Or a yeah, second and a potential first. Second in the potential first, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I would have liked more. Do I? Do I think we were in a position to get more? Pro- probably not. Um, so I think maybe we've got the best of what we were going to get. Really, um, do I think it's the right decision to move on? Personally, not. I would have liked to have seen him have a year under a new head coach. Um, but can I understand why they would do it now? Yeah, I can. What do you reckon about Nick Sirianni then, the new head coach? Um, this is his first ever head coaching gig. But uh, what do you reckon so far? I mean, have, have you seen many of his conference, his uh, press conferences, or what he's kind of aiming for in the in the next season? Uh, I've not, I've not personally no, but I think it, I think it's a decision where a lot of the league seems to be going, kind of slightly fresher faces around the league now. Um, so it's not surprising that we've gone for somebody slight, you know, slightly fresher faced. Yeah, he's only 39, isn't he, as well? So another one of yeah. a much younger set of people coming through. Um, the latest I saw, because obviously you've got a lot of free agents here. Um, mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, he's 35 years old, bless him. Uh, he was on 9.3 million. I don't know if he's going to get re-signed. Um, Jason Peters, your 39 year old left tackle, uh, Jalen Mills, safety, he needs a new contract. Um, Nickel Robbie Coleman, I like Jalen Mills, yeah, uh, yeah, I like Jason, uh, Jalen Mills. I think yeah, he's, he's a good. guy who's massively underrated. Um, he covers a huge amount of ground and it, it sort of plays that nickel corner, nickel safety as well. Um, and I think he's a guy who they're going to want to keep around with that. Any shot, yeah. I think so as well because they put a lot of work in moving him yeah. to sort of safety as well, which I think was a good a good move for him. Mm-hmm. I like him as well. I think he plays. With, I think he plays with an edge and probably more of an edge about him for a safety than, than necessarily a corner. Yeah, I agree yeah. entirely. So uh, Nickel Robbie Coleman, one of your cornerbacks, he needs a new deal. Uh, Vinny Curry, defensive end, he's thirty three. Not sure about that one. Um, Richard Rogers is a tight end but he's probably like a third choice tight end for you guys. Yep. Uh, although obviously with Zach Ertz potentially getting traded, um, he might get moved up slightly. I mean, 
what what are the thoughts on Ertz? Because he had a bit of a down year, but then so did most of the team. Uh, mm. Is it the right time to move him on, or do you think there's some some gas in the tank for him? Um, I'm I'm probably a little bit more open to moving him on actually, which might come as a bit okay. bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think Dallas got it's a good good tight end, so I think you know yeah. if you're going to do it, you're in a good position to do it. Um, I, I I wonder whether there's a little bit of um, injuries have taken their toll on him, um, and that you know people within the organisation have maybe seen seen that. Mm. Um, you know, like you say, he has had a he has had a down year. Um, it didn't feel like a hiccup down year either. It felt a little bit more like it was going to be a, a, a more of a trend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well put. Um, so, I mean, I could go through what I think you need to improve, but how about we hear it from the horse's mouth? Mom, it's your it's your team. So, what what do you want them yeah. to do? Um, in the draft and in free agency, obviously they've got to sort out their cap issues. Mm-hmm. But let's just put that, let's park that for a, a second. Let's say, you know, what, what do you guys need to do um, moving forwards? Because there was a report out, I think it was yesterday, where the Eurona Jeffrey Laurie said that they should be looking to draft around Jalen Hurts and, and give him the best uh, position mm-hmm. moving forwards. But of course, Nate Sudfeld's out of contracts. So need to sort out a backup um, for him, even if you are using uh, Hurts as your number one. But mm-hmm. what do you think is the, the kind of the first part to target uh, for this new team? Yeah, it's kind of a bit, for me, it's a never-ending story with um, off-season needs and, yeah. and it continues to be the same and it's wide receiver and secondary. Yeah. Um, I think I think we probably need to maybe go more for, for the offensive side to give Hurts that support. So go for wide receiver over over a cornerback say mm-hmm. but those are the two big big areas of need for me uh, I think you you could say left tackle with obviously Jason Peters being 110 yep. and with only half an arm <laughs> yeah um it, it uh is is probably um a, a need as well you had you had 14 different offensive line combinations during the season yeah that's that's in impressive. a sixteen game season. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many picks you've got, but you're picking sixth. Um, would you mm-hmm. would you expect them to draft an elite wide receiver at that point, or would you prefer them to to move back and, and accumulate some more picks? I don't know what what you I would think be happy with. Yeah, I think there's some sense in in moving back and accumulating picks. Well, there's going to be some teams that don't want to receive a, a quarterback at that point. So you could maybe move yeah. back a few picks and still get one of the top three um, elite wide receivers or consensus wide receivers in the draft. But it's such a deep draft for receivers that we, we may see them kind of fall, fall further down because there are positions of you know less um, less depth in this draft mm. class. Uh, yeah. So sixth might seem a bit silly in retrospect. I don't know. It's just, I, I would feel scared picking even one of the best wide receivers at, at six yeah. in this draft. Same. But... I, same. And I think, I think I agree with you there. Cause I think you can use that as cap, like really good capital. Cause it's, it's, a, it's kind of a bit of an awkward spot in the, in the draft for, for our most immediate needs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think trade, trade down 
not too far would be a sensible approach to take. Yeah, I think you absolutely have to. Um, I mean, in terms of picks, you've got one first, two second, a third, no fourth, two fifth, etc. And then a couple of later round one, later sixth and seventh round ones. Um, I think you need a receiver. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but I think the one thing that you absolutely have to do is sort out your cap. I mean, we've mentioned that. You've got seven players taking up Let's 60% of your entire... <laughs> Well, you've got seven players taking up 60% of the cap. Yeah. Um, and that's assuming that the cap is 200 million. If the cap comes down, then obviously it becomes even more pertinent that you have to sort that out. Um, but in terms of the draft, you're in a fantastic position where you are picking, you're picking six overall. There's quarterbacks that everyone wants. There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You guys should be, you know, going out, handing out your business card saying, let's talk, you know, call us, <laughs> Let, let's have lunch. Um, because you should be auctioning that for an absolute king's ransom. I think you go with Hertz, you you threw him in there uh, ahead of Wentz because you obviously wanted to look at him. So I think you you have to go that route now because, you know, you've you invested, a, what was it, a second round picking him. So, yep. yeah, absolutely, you have to go with it. Um, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, you guys, the Eagles, for the past three years at least, um, have been a team that have consistently lost key players because of injuries. Um, and it's happened on a very consistent basis. Now, there has to be some form of, uh, you know, change where we see whether it be an organizational change or whether it's going to become that, whether it's going to come because of a head coach change, there needs to be some kind of alteration with that. Um, we have to see the Eagles perform differently because you can't continue to lose as many players as they do consistently season after season. And the good news is that you have talent and you have draft capital to be able to address your needs. That's it then. Those are the teams of the NFC West and the NFC East. Simon, thank you so much for coming and doing this today, man. It's been so long since we've had you on the pod. And um, hopefully we can get you back, um, if uh, at the very least, for draft night uh, review to see what you do with that sixth overall pick. Maybe you've already shipped it before the night, but we'd love to see um, your thoughts on the first round, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Excellent, man. Thank you so much, Dave, as well, for, for chiming in with all this stuff as usual. Um, next week will be... It's actually going to be the start of free agency. So mm. we'll see how it goes. We would love to get the NFC North and South done but it just depends on how much the NFL throws at us in terms of players moving around. So we'll see how it goes. We'll obviously be catching up on all of that stuff. Dave, has anything happened while we've been recording that we need to add in in terms of players moving around? Um, There's been a couple of things. Um, The Packers have said that they are not going to franchise Aaron Jones. Um, I mean... Understood. We we thought that was happening. You you get that. Yeah. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this proves how much of a genius I am. Right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed Levante David to a two-year, 25 million extension. Ooh. Now, if you listen to what I said earlier on, I think I absolutely said that Levante David would absolutely be staying. Um, <laughs> um, that might not be true. Um, but no, that's a massive surprise to me. I mean, they, they've signed him to a massive deal, 12 and a half million each year, I would assume. Um, mm-hmm. I would also guess that a lot of that is, uh, is extended as well. That's a big surprise for me. It really, really is. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I said earlier on in this podcast before before this came out that Levante David would probably be leaving. What do does, I know? Does that mean that Shaq Barrett still man out then? 
yeah, I, I would hazard so. I mean, otherwise, if they're able to juggle it around so much and end up keeping everyone, you know, a wide receiver on a franchise tag and Avante David on a two-year, twenty-five million extension, and then keep Shaq Barrett as well. What's the point in in the cap? I mean, the cap is massaged, you know, more than uh, Robert Kraft in a in a <laughs> Florida, Florida massage uh, parlor, oh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there has to be rules at certain points. There's only certain uh, certain things we can get away with. Um, Eagles have cut two guys no one cares about. Blake Countess and Trayvon Hester, uh, and the Saints are tagging Marcus Williams. Um, yes. That's pretty much it. So not a lot else has happened while we do. So um, don't if you're if you if anyone wants to really know about what's happening in the NFL, don't rely on notifications from NFL.com or the NFL app. Go and, go and find a website that gives you the le- uh, the latest transactions and turn your notifications on because what you'll find is there's, there's a lot of transactions that there's a lot of things that pop up on your phone that um, most people the, the NFL won't tell you about. And it's, it's things that are very interesting that happen. And this season, as much as any, there's uh, some significant storylines that everyone needs to keep on board with. And of course, wait for the next podcast from us and so you can we can filter it all out for you. And just give you the good stuff. Yeah, I'll be massively depressed because the Broncos won't have signed anyone. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, this is this is the thing. I know we started with the Broncos and we're going to end with them as well. Oh, but <laughs> Broncos have got huge amounts of cap space, but then we've got the GM saying we're not going to sign anyone. It blows my mind. We have to. We absolutely fundamentally have to. So next week, is I am either going to be like a dog with two dicks or I'm going to have lost a, fa- lost a fiver and found a pound. That's what I'm going to be either absolutely astonishingly merry or just completely depressed. Mm. Oh, I can't wait to find out. Cannot yeah, wait yeah, to right. find out. Um, you know what's going to happen now. I'm going to come and go. Yeah, 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 <laughs> if you want to see any of those reactions in real time, then check out us on Twitter at Jim and the King or at uh, Denver Dave 30 to see Dave's reaction to them not signing someone when someone else does at punk underscore Raider <laughs> or at Cy underscore Philly. Uh, to check out Philly Sai. Thank you so much, Sai, for coming on and doing this. Hope to get you back for the draft. Um, and check out jimandtheking.com for all of our stuff on there. Until next week, then, guys, I've been Jim. That's been Never Dave. That's been Philly Sai. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.